and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. Good morning. Good morning. What day is it? Wednesday? Wednesday. We've been okay. recording all over the place because my, my schedule's been so crazy, so I appreciate you accommodating. Yeah, dude. Of course. I mean, it's not an obligation. That's true. my duty. <laughs> yeah, but still, I mean, life and, and then everything. So yeah. I really appreciate you being um, you being willing to be flexible. So. Of course, dude. How are you? Uh, I'm doing a lot better. Good. Um, yeah, the weekend was r- really, really rough. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't get into it here, but if I can survive this weekend, I can survive anything. And sure. I just, uh, it's good things are good things are starting to happen and uh, they're happening because i am putting myself in the position to make them happen so you're it's, saying it's not uh, just happen not just happening by luck it's happen, right. it's purposeful so it's good it feels you're good you're saying uh, before we started recording that you're getting more sleep mm-hmm. and i would imagine sleep has got to play into so much of like our health like if we're not sleeping just mentally you just get to this point where you're just exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do? And then you start, your emotions start turning when you're that tired. Yeah. And I don't know, it gets crazy. I've been so tired where I'm just like, just a baby. And I'm like, why am I acting like this? And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. I haven't slept in three days mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. College. Oh my God. I was a baby for the undergrad. Mm-hmm. Cause I was working like at like 4am and then going to school. And yeah, what a gross baby I was. <laughs> Yeah, but you're tired. Being yeah. tired has a lot, of, like you said, has a lot of effect on on our emotions and our ability to process things. And yes, processing. I mean, like I hadn't been able to, like I don't. I'm pretty sure I had like low, like some sort of low grade insomnia at least for sure. Um, because other than when I was recently, in, yeah, oh yeah, dude. Other than being in in inpatient, I don't think I slept more than three hours in a night for like the last month. That's insane. So like I was just going on nothing. Yeah, and then trying to process everything that had been going on in my life, right. like it was darn near impossible. So I'm glad I'm kind of well. You know, you never know. It's like depression is 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 it's you're you're riding waves, but yeah. it's um. Right now, I'm I'm feeling really really good and ride that way, dude. I'm happy about it. I'm trying to take steps to make sure that those you know we always talk about peaks and troughs, especially Mm -hmm. when it's economics and stuff like that. And I think that applies to uh, to a lot of our personal lives as well. Uh, And just giving myself the tools to uh, to make sure that the the troughs aren't as aren't aren't as deep um, in the future. So I feel good. Um, Had some really really good breakthroughs. Monday was awesome. Um, Like my my one of my best friends Matt got engaged oh I saw and that I got to be I got to be there for that mm-hmm. and that was that was so much fun that's rad um that's a big moment to be there yeah it was oh. and it was um a lot that went into it but uh he'd for because he was so focused on everything like getting all of her friends and his family mm-hmm. and stuff invited like he had he meant to invite me in person when we were in trap shooting last Thursday yeah but um like he, he forgot to, he just told me Monday but forgot to tell me what time and everything and told me that I was invited so I just figured it was just friends well I just happened to be on a run down at the fort Monday at like 4 30 and I see his family and I'm like oh this must be where he's proposing and I, I see his older brother walking by and I was like hey I was like is Matt proposing here today? And he's like, yeah. And, he, and I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, well, tell him good luck. And so I jump in the car and then like, I start to see some of like um, friends starting to pull up and I started getting my mind and everything like that. And yeah, of so, course. So, but instead of like going into my, my, my old pattern of like right. sending like a passive aggressive message being like, and then internalizing it all and making it about myself, I was like, no, 
I don't know that it wasn't personal, like it, that it was right. personal and all that kind of stuff. And so I was, I just sent a message and he's like, dude, I completely, he's like, I feel so bad. Like I completely forgot to, for- he's like, come back. But I'm like sweaty as hell because I'm running and I'm out of shape. And so I sweat a lot and I'm a big, I'm a good like, for you for running though. I'm yeah. Gonna just say that real quick. Yeah. I'm trying, trying to, um, anyway, so the, uh, so he's like, come back. So like, I, he's like, um, his, his fiance's name is Courtney. She's like, he's like, Courtney's coming at six and it's like five thirty-five at the moment. And I'm already oh, wow. halfway back to my parents. So like I book it all the way back and I get back by five, I get back there by five fifty, and just in time for her to show up. So I got to be a part of that. And that was a lot of, that was a lot of fun. That's I was awesome. so glad I got to be there for that. Um, that was a huge, um, well, that was a huge like personal moment for mm-hmm. me because like I was able to stop my irrational thoughts. That's huge and change my feelings because I know and how you it, get when and then you, it changed my there. behavior. Yeah, and so like that was like the first time like really I would I had been able to to do that, oh. and so it felt. Well, I don't know if it's the first time I've really yeah. been able to do it, but yeah. it's like, I was like... Ex- it's a in, big in, moment in, in that, the moment. In that particular relationship, yeah. I faced fear, I and I felt fear yeah. when I was feeling afraid, and I and I decided to... to and for me, it was taking a risk, because right. if I put myself out... If I put myself out there... Because a lot of times, me lashing out as a defense mechanism, like a sure. defense mechanism, because I feel hurt. Like anger is generally not our primary emotion; it's generally a secondary emotion because there's either hurt or there's right. fear in our lives. And like that was like I was feeling both hurt and fear, fear of like not being adequate enough to to be invited mm-hmm. to his this big moment for him, mm-hmm. and then hurt that I wasn't good enough to be invited. And then so it's like the secondary emotion is like anger. So I was able to stop that anger. Yeah, and and um. Yeah, so I w- it was just really that was a huge moment. I'm sure for it made me. it better too to just be there. Like, holy crap! Like, not only did I get over this hurdle, but I'm here now. Mm-hmm. Like, this is awesome. Yeah, that's so funny. You're just jogging. You're like, oh, is this happening right now? Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and if I had <laughs> if I hadn't been there at that exact moment, right? That's crazy. I would have like I would have never known a, like that was going on there. Right. I would have all I would have seen was Instagram. Oh. And then I would have been up. Then I would have definitely been yeah, upset because definitely. I just know how my mind works. For sure. And and but it just was like almost like divine intervention that For I sure. just happened to be there at that exact time window. That's awesome. So anyway, Jen and I was, always talk about the little little moments like that, little life choices that kind of change. We were talking. Alex was over with us for a few days. We were always talking about like little decisions in your life you think are so small, but sometimes they make the biggest changes or impacts in your life. Mm-hmm. You going for a run, just just a small decision for you to do. And then it turned out to end up being this like moment that you were supposed to be at anyways. And yeah. you, it just didn't work out, but then it worked out and it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. That's rad, dude. Yeah. So that was really cool. Got mm-hmm. to see, I uh, got to see him propose and I uh, congratulated him and his fiance, Courtney, who's just absolutely great. Mm-hmm. Um, I love them together. I love her. Um, so it's like, I couldn't imagine like someone better marrying my best friend. So, um, that was, it was awesome. Like him and I have had a really contentious relationship, mostly a lot of it due to me, um, (laughs) and my insecurities. So, but he stuck with, he has stuck with me through some really dark times, Mm -hmm. much, much as you have. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, I'm always, I am just beginning, beginning to realize how lucky I really am. Mm -hmm. Um, which, gets me into we'll talk we can talk about my photography mm-hmm. uh project a little yeah, I later definitely want to. um but let's let's get back on topic you've got a bunch of notes so oh, this one is just for one i need to hear about your back though oh i forgot about that one i want to get depressing real quick okay 
Um, this morning I had a daddy morning. Oh. So Jenny and I have this thing where we call them daddy days or mommy days. Okay. Um, and this is sad. So just for listeners, like, sorry to bring it down. Jake's thriving right now, but I think it's important. Hey, I was down last week, and you, and so hey, this. Is, I think it's important is, to talk about. Yes, it is. Um, just through infertility and stuff, you you have these days or these moments where you kind of just like, you wake up and you're just like, why the fuck is this happening to me? Like. Mm. Why like and it bummed me out because right there in that in that bag over there. Yeah, there's this onesie that Jen bought like five years ago and it's a Batman onesie. Oh, and I was like, she's and that's like, your thing. Yeah. And she's like, one day we'll, we'll have her kid and we'll get to put him in this onesie. And like just getting ready to record today, I looked over and I saw and I was like, mm. it just bums me out. It makes me angry. It makes me sad. Um but I think it's important to talk about like, so we have these moments where it's like daddy days, mommy days. And one thing you were talking about when you were talking earlier that I was kind of like, dude, maybe I need to do something. And it's like, maybe I need to seek some help to talk about because yeah. it's great that Jen and I have each other to lean on through all this. Mm-hmm. And it's great that I have friends to talk about the show to kind of express these things. But I don't know, maybe some extra tools would help. I also. think, I think it, I think no matter where you're at and anywhere in your yeah. life, no matter how much like what you you deal with, therapy can mm-hmm. help everybody. Right. I should capitalize on it now while I'm in summer break and not in school. Yeah. Um. But I just wanted to talk about just say that real quick is like today's a daddy day for me. Um. So yeah, those are sometimes like and and this 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 journey has given me so much so much good, even though it's been the worst. Mm-hmm. But one thing is empathy and like. So you you go to a restaurant, the the waiter's being a piece of shit. Well, maybe he's having a daddy day, or maybe she's having a mommy day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think like that now. Yeah. Like if someone's being like super aggro or pissed off, it's like, you know, maybe they've got a lot going on that we just don't understand. Mm-hmm. I could go to work now if I didn't have this therapy session of say what you mean. If I went straight to work, I would just be probably a grouch, dude, just because of this weighing on me yeah um but i mean hopefully i won't and i'll shake it off and i'll be all right but Mm -hmm. but it's just like i don't know it's it's something that we have to think about when we interact with other people it's like there's probably life is complicated life is sucks sometimes and we carry so much and sometimes we react like that Mm -hmm. we it's a reaction of anger or whatever it is you know what i mean so i don't know if I'm ever shitty, there's <laughs> a lot it's, weighing it's, on it's, me. It's a daddy day. Yeah, it's yeah. a daddy day. So I just wanted to talk about that, express that, kind of let people into like what it's like to go through this mm-hmm. journey. And that's another element of it. Dude, and so much of that helps. Like, honestly, like helps other people around you understand. But then also it helps you understand your emotions. Right. Being right. able to identify your the emotions that you're feeling yeah. gives you so much more power over them. For sure. And, and so, I mean, I, I hope that talking it out helps. Of course it does. But yeah. In therapy, um, I think I think therapy would, would help a ton. Yeah. Um, especially uh, just being able to talk about it with somebody who doesn't know. Right. Um, you or anybody mm-hmm. else that's in it, and then you—it's—it's it's just such a positive. Experience. For sure, I've done it before. I, I know you've done, but you could just before, be raw but... and just yeah. just to say everything. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you can say what you mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, another thing about daddy days is, and like mommy days, um, is is like there's a lot there. There have been a lot of like 
throughout this journey. And I know a lot of family listen, um, but I want them to also be aware. There have been like events like, oh, we're all going down to the creek today or we're all going to go over to so-and-so's house or mm-hmm. we're all meeting up. And there have been mommy days or daddy days where it's just hard to go around family and see them with their kids and stuff and yeah. be happy and like, and, and there's guilt there then now. So not only are you have sadness and anger, but now you're throwing guilt of like not yeah. going to these events. So I just want to, to say that like uh, we were, we've been saying like in those days, it's never intentional to be like hurtful to the family or anything. It's just us recognizing like, dude, we need this day. Like we mm-hmm. can't do it today. Um, and not that our family hasn't been understanding by, oh my God, they've been amazing, but just a little explanation yeah. there. Mommy days, daddy days. Okay. This week of Jeff has been insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so last week I hurt my back on Monday. Did we record Tuesday? We recorded Tuesday. So Tuesday yeah. I didn't go to work. Yeah. You could barely move. I could barely move. Wednesday I didn't go to work. I was hurting so bad Friday, Saturday. This morning when I woke up, I like popped up and I was like, oh, dude, my back feels good. It feels a little tight still, but it feels much better. Mm-hmm. Like I'm being, I'm able to like put my shoes on a little better now. Every day it gets mm-hmm. a little better, right? I've been going to see a chiropractor, getting massages a little bit. Um, they're helping me kind of stretch and stuff. So that's been good. But Wednesday. <laughs> last last Wednesday? Last Wednesday. Yeah. I wake up and uh, you see my crooked tooth. Oh yeah. So when I was a kid, I was riding my bike down the street, and my and my brother was behind me, and we're riding down like 122nd, like busy ass street. Mm-hmm. And my brother goes, "Hey Jeff," and I turn around, I'm like, "Yeah," and I'm still riding. And he goes, "Oh, never mind." And I'm like, oh, "Okay." Wham! I crash right into a mailbox. Oh, and I was gosh. I was little, mm-hmm. and so the mailbox was like right at face height, Oof. and I was flying, <laughs> wham! And my tooth got knocked back, and my uh, it was all just messed up, bleeding out of my face. So then, like I luckily I was like right around the block from my house, so we went home, went to the dentist. My tooth fell out, and then when my adult tooth came in, it came in back there, grown like mm-hmm. crooked, right? Then when I got older, I had braces, so it moved it forward, Mm -hmm. and then they never gave me a retainer or like a permanent retainer, so it moved back. So uh, Wednesday, I wake up, and my tooth's kind of hurting a little bit, and I'm like, hey, Jen, my tooth is really bugging me, and she's like, maybe it's moving again, because it it moves, and when your teeth move, they hurt, Mm -hmm. right? I was like, oh, yeah, that's probably it. So then Thursday comes, and Thursday night. Uh, it's almost unbearable. I'm like, Jen, my tooth is killing me. So I'm icing it. And I'm putting some heat on it. And I'm taking Tylenol on top of my back hurting and not able to move. Like mm-hmm. I'm just laid out on the couch and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then, so I took a, but I took, um, some pain medication, some, uh, and then, uh, tried to put Orgel on it. And then finally went to sleep. I wake up at 6am on Friday. I can't even touch the tooth with my tongue. And I and I am like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god! So I get up out of bed, and I never, ever, 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 ever make appointments for myself. 
<laughs> Jen always does it for me. I think it's a guy thing. It, it's got to be. So this is how bad it hurt. I'm going to call and make my appointment for myself. Wow. And so a few days ago, she just in passing was like, yeah, our healthcare is with Blue Cross Blue Shield, but our dentist is still with Kaiser. And I was like, oh, that's good to know. So then I wake up and I'm like, who do I call? And then I'm like, wait, oh, she said, she said Kaiser. Oh, I guess I'll try to call Kaiser. So I call Kaiser Dental and it's like, hey, you've reached us outside of hours. We don't open until 630. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm in my car by myself because my wallet was in my car. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and wait till 630. I'm like, just close your eyes. And when you open them, it'll be 630. And it's like 605. And I'm like, God dang it. So I just I just sat in my car and I just waited and I just waited. And I opened my eyes and it turned 629 to 630. And I just hit redial immediately. And someone answered right away. And I was like, oh, thank God. So I'm like, hey, my tooth is jacked. And they're like, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't know. And they're like, what's your pain? I'm like, eight or nine. They're like, okay. Well, what we need to do is we need to do, because freaking COVID. Mm-hmm. We need to do a phone consultation with a doctor, and then we'll have you come in. And I was like, okay, uh, what does that look like? And they're like, well, we'll give you a call back. And I was like, okay, when? And they're like, like eight. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, that, <laughs> so dude, I, that sounds awful. So I text my boss. I'm like, dude, I, I don't know what's going on, but I'm probably not going to be in today. So now I've worked Monday and Thursday only. <laughs> And it's Friday. So I go and I lay back down and I end up falling back asleep. And I have my phone and my ringer on. And then the call wakes me up. So I answer it and the doctor's like, hey, what's going on? And I was like, I don't know. It's my lateral incisor on the right side. I can't even touch it. And then she's like, okay, what's going on? Have you ever had trauma with it on it? And I was like, yeah. And then she's like, I think you might need a, a root canal. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, it sounds like you need an emergency root canal. I'm going to schedule an appointment for three o'clock today. And I was like, okay, I guess. And she's like, all right. So then at 11 o'clock, I had to go see the chiropractor. Mm -hmm. He adjusted me, got a massage, and then came home. Alex was over. So I'm just being a pathetic baby, I think. I think she was over. Um, so I ran home. And then, no, she that was Thursday. That was Thursday. Um, but anyway, so I come home, have lunch. And then at like three, I go to the dentist. And they're like, we're going to take some pictures. You know when they do uh, x-rays in your mouth yeah. and they put that thing mm -hmm. and they make you, know, you bite down? Yeah. And you start to get it when it's really could, far back. I couldn't even bite down, dude. It hurt so bad. I was like, oh, 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 oh. And they're like, I know, I know. Just hold it. Just hold it. It was so painful, dude. Tooth pain is the worst because you can't manage it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just there. It's your mouth. You talk. You, you yeah. eat everything, right? Mm -hmm. So they take an x-ray and they're like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You need a root canal. And I was like, what? And at the bottom of that root, there's just a black spot of infection. Oh. And they're like, it's infected. I'm like, how? How does that happen? They're like, well, you said you, you crashed in it when, it, you, when you were a kid, right? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, you had braces too, right? It's like, yeah. They're like, just that movement, you know, the trauma there. Naturally, the root's just going to die over time because it it's had such trauma early in life. And I was like, oh, Okay, so they freaking did a root canal right there, drilled it, whatever it's mm -hmm. called, sanded it out, killed the root. Then they had to like spray solution down there to clean it. And then they put me on antibiotics and they're like, hey, uh, 
this isn't like completed. Like this is just a temporary fix to get you out of pain and they've capped it off and everything. Mm-hmm. It looks like a filling almost. Um, they're like, but you got to see your dentist as soon as like COVID allows so that they can finish it off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Uh, how is that? They're like, because uh, now now I'm thinking like, I'm not going to call and make an appointment for that. Like what? Come on. I just mm-hmm. told you I don't do that. Uh, they're like, no, no, no. We'll call you and we'll set it up. I'm like, oh, pff, that's easy. Cool. Yeah. So now I have to go back and finish it. But. We're good. Hey, at least you're not in pain anymore. They were like, we can pull it or we can do a root canal. And for a second, I thought it would be hilarious just to pull it. <laughs> <laughs> just having a gap just right there. Just have a gap right there. Hey, brothers and sisters. <laughs> but you'd you'd would, have to be doing counterculture. Oh, she'd kill me. She'd kill me if I did it. But um, I thought about it. I thought it'd be funny. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just did all that last week. You had a hell of a week. Dude, it just came crashing down on me with my back and my tooth. And my boss t- my boss is like redoing the flooring in his house. And so he was all sore today. Mm-hmm. He's telling me about it. And he's like, anyways, uh, how was your weekend? And I was like, oh, it's pretty good. I went mountain climbing and, you know, just being <laughs> smart. Ass. He's like, sounds like you had a rough one, dude. I was like, I don't know what the hell happened, but it all just happened at once. So that's at least you got it out of the way. Yeah, I guess not on the other side of it. Yeah, but it's over for now. So that was your emergency procedure. Yeah. Okay. I thought you meant about your back, and I was like, oh I was god, like, I was like, oh no, like emergency procedure on your back. I'm thinking, sir, you certain you're having to go in for surgery? Well, or something like on that. my notes, I put emergency root canal, but then I didn't want you to know what it was. Oh, okay. Because that's not fun for storytelling. No, you know you're the right. spoiler. Yeah, for sure. I know you love spoilers. Oh yeah. I was um, like to know. Interesting thing, you haven't seen any of the new Star Wars. I've seen them all. Oh, even the new ones. Yeah. Okay. So I heard a rumor, and this is—I'm not going to Disneyland this year. We all know. Okay. Yeah. yeah rub it in. Um, but I heard so when they open it back up, I heard a rumor that they might put first banner, first order banners all over the place. Really? And have stormtroopers regulating social distancing. Ooh, that's how genius is that? That's so genius. Good for them. They're so good. Mm-hmm. They are so good, if that's true. Even if you do it in, like, uh, Tomorrowland or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just having that be the regulators. Oh, Even if you do it all over the park, it's genius. That is They're genius. so good at stuff like that. Ugh. Well, they have such a... They have such a breadth and depth of, of um, stuff they can pull from, though. Right. I mean, it, everything that Disney owns is insane. So there's yeah. so much... Like, there's so much you can do with, like... There's a lot of material for which mar- people who are in marketing and come up with those ideas yeah. for them to maneuver. See if it's, and then plus, I'm going to guess they probably have a lot of artistic license. For sure. I would hope so anyway. Imagine how, coming being the, du- the dude or, or woman who came up with that idea. That would get me so excited. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I have the best idea. Also, speaking of things that Disney owns, my heart. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching, dude. I've been watching. Okay, here's an interesting thing. I've been watching a uh, uh, Gordon Ramsay Uncharted on Disney Plus on National Geographic. Okay, I love Gordon Ramsay, um, but I also love like travel shows. So he goes to Peru, and uh, I've always wanted to travel through South America. Then he goes to New Zealand. I've always wanted to go to New Zealand, and I'm just like, dude, I have to. I have to do more. Like I have to. Like mm-hmm. I'm just like this is breaking my heart. He's going to all the 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 indigenous cultures and like meeting with people and they're cooking like 
indigenous foods and i'm just like dude i would eat that and some of it's disgusting like he's literally eating like grubs like worms Mm -hmm. and i'm like i'd try it he spits it out he did not dig any of the grubs but he tries it um but he's in peru and he's got a translator right so gordon speaks french and some other languages european Mm -hmm. languages i think right he's on that side of the world um but he doesn't speak spanish so he had a translator the whole time so he was like I was thinking the whole time, that would suck, dude. If I ever want to go to South America, I want to be able to communicate with people. So, for the past few days, I've been doing Spanish lessons. On which app? The, what's it called? Duolingo. Duolingo. Yeah. Yeah. It is actually, surprisingly, really good. Duolingo? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was using to learn French. So, I did, um, I've taken Spanish when I was a kid. In like third grade and fourth grade, they make you take it. The teacher would come like every Wednesday mm-hmm. and we would do the whole class would do Spanish. And then I'm pretty sure she took me and some other students. I'm not pretty sure. I know she took me and some other students to like the board of the school district. And I think she was doing this to like prove that her program works. And we had to like demonstrate our Spanish knowledge for this panel of people mm-hmm. when we were like third and fourth grade but we we're just speaking spanish and she's like see these kids know it like they're learning so that's kind of sad that she had to like get up there and prove that it mm-hmm. was working but then and then i took call uh, uh spanish in college and i kind of just bs my way through that because <laughs> i did not like it but duolingo uh, this is how nerdy and dumb i am if you if you give me achievements and you give me points mm-hmm and unlocking things, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to effing beat this. So, or I get a notification yesterday that was like, it was like 11 o'clock mm-hmm. when I got home from work. And it's like, you're almost, you have one hour until your streak ends. And I'm like, no. Yeah. So I the like. streak's a big thing. <laughs> so I started doing Spanish lessons in mm-hmm. bed at 11 o'clock last yeah, night. Yeah. You don't have to worry about fails if you're on your computer, but if you're on your phone, you can only have like, you can only like have five mistakes before you. Um, pay for it before you have to like, like stop and oh. like build up your stars again oh yeah. see i didn't know that but i love that right mm-hmm. so i'm like crap so yeah i've been learning it and i think it's actually been working that's awesome i keep telling jen i eat apples <laughs> <laughs> there's a yeah i mean it, french spanish the the stuff that has like a familiar alphabet is mm-hmm. it's a lot of a lot easier so yeah i'm excited because I, I started like looking ahead of the lessons. I'm like, whoa, dude. <laughs> Jen's like, what? I'm like, there's so much to learn. She's like, yeah, it's another language, Jeff. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah. So, yeah, awesome. working on it, working on it. Did you give up on French? Uh, For now. For now. Yeah, I want to go back to Just it. Just learn Spanish, dude, and we'll, we'll, we'll go talk to in Spanish. Latin America. And talk. We'll do a show in Spanish. That would be pretty epic. Um. You hear Damien Lillard's new song? I haven't yet. Dude! Shame on you. The Blacklist? Yeah. Yeah. He goes for it. Yeah. That's good. Well, I mean, you would expect nothing less from Dame. Yeah. I mean, he said, like, I'm going to risk myself for a game. What do you think I'm going to do for my people? Mm -hmm. Damn, dude. Yeah. Man's an ambassador. He's so good. No, so and I good. love the NBA has unequivocally like stood by their players, like from the beginning. Yeah, like, how did even, they handle even, like even years ago? How did like, they handle the China thing? Well, I well they were a little, <laughs> I guess they were a little quiet about. I don't that. let them forget that. Yeah, well, they didn't like chastise LeBron. That's true. I mean, 
if I was just talking about in, in terms of relations with, know, with their I players, know. I'm just, so, um, I can't, the NBA is great. And they, as far as race and, and, and progressive, like civil rights and, and, and being an advocate and, and a, a champion for that, mm-hmm. they're great. Yeah. But they and still the have China, their black marks the China, for China with the, me. Nobody's and nobody's perfect. That gets me to kind of a, a point that I was a little, I'm a little frustrated with right now Okay, is are have you been following the, the JK Rowling, uh, transphobia thing that's going on right now? People are trying to like cancel. I mean, um, hasn't it happened for a while? Well, it happened, it happened a while ago. Okay. And then it kind of blew over. And then she said something again that was construed as being transphobic. Mm-hmm. And now people are like telling her to put down the pen. Don't, don't write anymore. Cancel, cancel culture, cancel Harry Potter. Right. Like, are you like, nobody's literally nobody is perfect right and, and and that's the thing like there's a difference between i don't know there's everything that's going on right now obviously like there's this big cult I, I feel like this is like a cultural awakening what's mm-hmm, going on mm-hmm. right now which is good it needed it yeah. needs to happen but we also have to have grace and we have to have understanding that other people are coming from different points of knowledge about race and gender and class and how all of that fits into society and how that forms everybody's opinions. Right. And if somebody comes out and espouses something tr- coming from the right place, but says it in the wrong way, have a little bit of grace towards that person. Was it you? And don't just be like, oh, so if you feel this way, you can never feel any differently. Therefore... You're done. Canceled. Was it you who said it? Like, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I have a rant for today, as you know. But I th- was it you who was talking about, like, the best way to, to uh, you know, y- when you come at someone like that, you're just reinforcing their ideas or, mm-hmm. like, sh- now uh, literally shutting them off from even considering changing their mind. Yeah. And and even even with this, this the, with approaching racism, like, I've seen a lot of people say, like, you know, don't, I mean, you can, obviously you can, but it's, it's easier to get people to change their minds with, with compassion and grace. Like you're talking about, uh, uh opposed to like guilting them into mm-hmm. it. Right. Yeah. When you shame them, they're going to, most of the time I would imagine they're going to turn away and just be like, well, now I'm just digging my heels in deeper. Like this is my stance. If you're going to tell me that I'm stupid or wrong for mm-hmm. it, but instead I don't know, man. Like, I think a lot of people, I think if a lot of people understood just the history of race and race relations in this country, they would feel and think differently. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of people I know who just are, are ignorant to all of this. Yeah. And, oh, I, I get, I get, I get handled. I got, I've been handled by the police, dude. Okay, dude, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying that you as a white person, have white people have never been like manhandled or, or abused by police. That's not what this is about. And this particular individual, I was like, dude, let me just tell you some things. So I just laid it out, just everything uh, that I've studied and researched about slavery, about the African-American culture in the United States early through Mm -hmm. history that I've studied and just, I didn't, I read a whole book about the rape of women in the 1960s for Mercier's class. That was a rough book, but you know what was rougher? These women being raped. Like, so I'm just like explaining all of this to him and you can see him turn a little bit, even if it's just a little notch, like, like, Oh my God, maybe I don't realize how much, 
that these people have endured. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not coming at him like, dude, you're stupid. You don't know this. I'm like, real quick, man. Imagine like just just consider this this these things. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of laid it out as a teaching moment, right? Yeah. And I think it registered just to click to be like, oh God, like. I guess I never considered that. Mm-hmm. That that's what people are kind of seeing, like shaming people, like J.K. Rowling. Who I mean, that's just one example. But even shaming anybody on any trans or gender or whatever. And I and I, this is what I was kind of getting at last week when when you're seeing this shift of like when people are being shamed. I don't want to say I don't want to say this as definitive, but I think this is a theory that people have of like when you are shamed for believing what you th- believe or, or or whatever it is or saying what you say. Mm-hmm. If you use the wrong pronouns and then you're shit on for doing it instead of coming from a place of grace and being like, actually, you know, excuse me, can you please, you know what I mean? Coming at it from a more kind place instead of excuse me, what the f did you just call me? I think that that Trump is a reaction to that. Oh, definitely. You know what I mean? Well, that's the whole like rejection of the PC culture, right? That's what I was getting yeah. at last week, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't. I was rambling, but that's what I think. Uh, that's what I see in this culture is like people being like, you know, okay, you guys, you guys are going to tell me what the f to say or do? Nah, screw you. I'm going to go for this bombastic psychopath. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how you get there mm-hmm. with your thoughts, but that's what I think a lot of people. You know, I I was seeing the swell in cultural change and accountability, right? Mm-hmm. And and everybody, some people mishandling it and forcing people to forcing, and shaming them mm-hmm. to change. And people are saying, "F you, I'm not going to do that." In fact, I'm going to vote for this idiot. Yeah, you know, it's it's a weird line to get there, but I think that in some way that's where a lot of people went. Mm-hmm. Well, the under there is also an underlying push factor towards that is that he was going to protect their privilege, right? That, oh, that's a wow, dude. Yes, well said, well mm-hmm. said. Anyways, tell me more about JK. Well, that's just it. I just and, and then the whole thing with like what's going on with friends. Um, the have, have you followed that at all? The show, yeah. No. Well, the so like the one of the producers came out and you know, like the right the the creator of the show said that she should have done more to um have more diversity in the show okay and then now she's like kind of being shit on for like not having more diversity for a show after saying in that? the 90s yeah it's just like it's not it's just, i mean i'm not maybe it's a small portion of people but then you like read the you read the oh, com- yeah. you read the comments Twitter. it's like and people are like oh too little too late yeah it's like really you probably you commenting probably watched it and loved the show on Netflix. Oh yeah, and this was not even an issue until she brought it up, and oh, then then yeah. all of, then you're all of a sudden like, you're right. There wasn't any black people in Friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just let's. I get it. There's a difference between monuments and having Confederates like writing about the Confederacy in books. Right. Like people, how people can't separate that in their minds is, is a bit concerning what do you to mean? me. Well, that's saying like taking down monuments to Confederates yeah. is like, is destroying history. Like, well, no, we're not taking the Confederacy out of history out books. Of history, right. People, it's still being taught. The civil war is still being taught. There's battlefields like national park battlefields right. all over the East coast. That's not getting replaced. Right. We're just saying monuments to slaveholders Oh, especially in cities that have predominantly African, like have a huge African African American population, may not be sensitive, right, to to that that culture's um, 
I don't know history, right? And 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 their relationship with the with the society that they live in, mm-hmm. being constantly reminded like this is where you came from. Mm-hmm. Like that's yes, those monuments should come down, and that's not part. That's not destroying or whitewashing. I'm not or like like I don't know rewriting history. Right, right? that's not right. rewriting history at all. But, I hear what you're saying, but in the books, it's still there. You're still learning. You're still mm-hmm. being taught. Yeah. If you care that much about these generals and you want to learn, open a damn book. Yeah. How often are you going and like praising these statues? Well, I mean, does anybody really know who James? Like, okay, most no. people. The who, answer is no. Other than Robert <laughs> E. Lee, tell me one Confederate general that you know. If you're the one talking about like, keeping Confederate monuments, right? If you want to tell me the complete history of uh, PGT Beauregard. In where he fought and what his relationship was to the Confederacy, and then that monument means something to you. Okay, we can maybe have a conversation. But you don't know who James Longstreet is, so please <laughs> stop. Yeah. And if you knew anything about James Longstreet, who was one of the probably the smartest Confederate general in the Civil War, outside of Robert, e., maybe even smarter than Robert E. Lee as a tactician, the here we go. Longstreet even said after the war how much he disagreed with the building of monuments because he said the Confederacy was dead and any any construction of monuments after after the fact was just a continuation of a dead idea. Whoa. Drop the mic, dude. Throw it down. And that was one of that was one of the top generals in the Confederacy who wow. was who was against it and was talking about repairing the country after the Civil War. Right. And then that those monuments were nothing more than than an indication of division. Wow. I'm just know your history. I'm just saying Nobody know your history. history know your history instead of talking about like oh I took history when I was what I learned when I was a senior in high school the second I graduated from US history in high school that's the that's all I ever needed to know about US history so I can stop learning. Yeah. That's that's the stuff that annoys me is that we you and I majored and Shame. got a de- got it's a, our burden. Got dude, a I degree got a degree in a Got a degree in a discipline that everybody else already thinks that they're an expert in. Oh, yeah. I, my boss does. They think that because yeah. the, because they've watched History Channel, oh, like, oh, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a historian. Yeah. It's like, I'm not calling myself a historian. I have a degree in history, but that doesn't make me a historian. Historian is a profession. I don't do history as a profession. Right. But I definitely study history and I follow like a, like a historical discipline when I'm looking at analysis. At least I don't consider myself a historian. Oh. Okay. I mean, I guess it depends on what your definition is. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's, I don't consider myself a historian. I mean, you do volunteer every month to construct an educational radio show that has foundations in history, but sure, you're not a historian. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fine. <laughs> like, fighting for my title. Yeah, I will. Um. Anyway, regardless of that, yeah. the and this is coming across as so elitist. No, I but, don't think but, so. But you have. But you have a conversation. It's with our any, burden. You have a conversation with any with with a lot of people, and they're just like, it's like, oh, another history buff. And it's like, okay, well then, like, what do you like? About, like this this happened at. Um, How many the, times are you asked? Oh, what 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 is your favorite history, or what's your favorite subject, or what's your favorite era, or what's your favorite all, whatever? All of the time. I'm like, dude, I don't I don't favorite history. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's weird. It's it's a weird question. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. So this was like I'll just replay oh, um, no. a, ser- a series of conversations okay. that I had. Um, I can relate to this at, so much. At, I'm ready at the gun counter with <laughs> two people that I worked with temporarily down at the Oregon City stuff. Wait, the is other this location. counterculture? 
It could be. It okay. could, this could be. Yeah, this is out of gun. This is at the gun counter, so it's counterculture. <laughs> All right, let's go. Hey, kids, are you ready for counterculture? Well, here's your host, Jake. So this 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 guy, um, like, you ever like get into a conversation and you realize really quickly like you're dealing with someone who. You, you realize really quickly that you're dealing with a level of person that you didn't realize that you were going to be dealing with when you entered the conversation and not in a good way. And it's, it's, I'm talking about like real conspiracy theorist here. Oh, okay. But you don't realize it. And then all of a sudden something gets said and you're just like, oh, this is where we are. <laughs> How did I stumble into this room? So I, I tell him, I was like, yeah, you know, I got my, deg- I got my degree. And he's like, yeah, I got my degree in history and stuff. And he's like, oh, it's finally someone I can talk history with. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> and, um, and then I was like, okay, well, I'm open to have a, I'm open to have For a discussion sure. with For anybody. Sure. And that's how you, you get to know people. And so I, I, I'm, I'm new to that counter. I have worked for the company for right. over a decade, but I haven't worked at that counter getting to know those people yet. So I'm still kind of the new guy, even though I know what I'm doing. And, um, so he's like, I'm like, I was like, yeah, so what are, um, I said, he, I was like, so what are, he's like, so what are you interested in? I'm like, you know, like I kind of studied all, like I've studied a lot of eras. I'm mostly interested in European expansion and mm-hmm. imperialism and how that affected indigenous cultures and vice versa, like how that impacted race and culture definitions and stuff like that. And, and um, movement of human beings around uh, within the imperial sub- superstructure. And he's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. He's like, yeah, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been studying a lot of different histories too. I go on YouTube and watch a lot of stuff, and I'm like, oh god. And then so he goes, I go, so what are like, what's something recently that you studied that you liked? Because I think that's a better way of of doing it. Like, what's something recently you've come across that interested mm-hmm. you? Because instead of just asking, hey, what do you like? Yeah, like that's a good one. It's like, recently. Yeah. So, so he's like, oh, I was studying the uh, the Crimean War. I'm like, oh, like that's super interesting. Like that really forced a lot of uh, internal changes within England and especially within the English military. Um, after the English won the war, but um, it, the rot within the officer corps really became apparent. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, especially since um, that's how insert Jewish family name to ended up taking over England. So I'm like, okay, now we're in anti-Semitism and we're in full crackpot conspiracy theory land right now. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, so they, they couldn't fund the war. So they went to they went to this family and they said, hey, if you finance the war, um, we'll give you the keys to parliament. I'm like, well, nobody can have the keys to parliament. It's a representative body. I mean, there's like something like 200 something PMs and yeah. like, no, there's more than that. There's like four or 500 PMs in the, in the, in the house of commons. Mm-hmm. Like you're just, you're just handing it. It doesn't work like YouTube that. YouTube is scary. It just dude. doesn't work like that. Yeah. But this guy is convinced that he has the the keys to Parliament and keys to the Bank of England, uh-huh. and the the Jews rule the world, which is <laughs> just rooted in anti-Semitism. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god! And he's like, oh, so what are like what's something? He's like, so he reciprocates and says like, what's something Some recently recent, that yeah. I've done? And I said, well, you know, the thing I'm really, the thing I'm most proud of was my my um my uh my my thesis. my senior thesis on right. the Hawaiians and the Hawaiian and the, my Hawaiians in the in the Pacific Northwest fur trade. And this other guy comes out of like left field and he goes, Oh yeah, I've read a lot about that. And I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. And I'm like, so I wanted, I'm like, okay, if you read about it, like well, talk, talk yeah, about it. And he's like, yeah, the whole, he, and this is, this is what he hits me I with. I don't want to hear it. The Hawaiian women were really, really um, generous with their favors, their sexual favors. And I was like, 
I just turned around and walked away. I'm like, you don't, you have no idea what you're talking about. That is such be that the, the whole like exotic woman, like, Oh yeah. Caricature oh, yeah. is such a, just, I don't know. That's such, it's so ingrained in West in, in Western male it culture, but it's, and it, it's obviously because it's perpetuated by the writings of your uh, writings of Europeans as they traveled abroad. Mm-hmm basically writing in their journals about all of their exploits and all these women wanting them. But it was clearly not true. It was mostly like the women being forced into these relationships right. through the asymmetries and power structure in, in the colonial, um, within the colonial system that wasn't most time was not consensual. Right. If ever, I mean, who knows? You don't, we don't know every right. single instance, but for the most part, those relationships were not consensual. Yeah. And if you knew anything about the Hawaiian power structure at the time of European contact, yeah, that was it. it just wasn't just stop. Yeah, just I was just like I'm like I'm I'm going to. There's no way I'm going to convince this person otherwise. That's frustrating to me. That so part of it is. I just like turned around and I'm I'm like I was like I was like, yep, yeah, that was my. I go yeah, that's just what I studied, and I just I just left. I, I just <laughs> oh my god, dude, like yeah. that's just. I don't know what are you supposed. I got what are you supposed to do with that? I don't know. Bring your thesis in for them to read. Like, nobody wants. To, nobody wants to read it. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to read that. I printed it out for people at work and they didn't read it. Oh, that's that's sad. My junior paper was better anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm most but I'm most proud of my senior one because I did all of that original research original, myself. Yeah, you went hard on it, dude. You crushed it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you elitist. I, I feel like I sounded really, really, really elitist. No, there. no, no, no. Uh, it's just like I said, it is a burden. Like it sucks that like we've dedicated our, our, you know, a big portion of our lives to like kind of crafting this craft, you know, working on this craft of being able to get more from history than, you, you know, on the, on the surface level of just watching a YouTube video. Like, mm-hmm. You could watch a YouTube video and that sparks an interest. I want to know. I mean, how many times, no matter what it is, you see something and you're like, I want to know more about that. Yeah. So you go and do a stupid amount of research mm-hmm. and now you're an expert in it. Dude, I did it on Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> like I went and read the whole history of like from J- Japan, how it all started to mm-hmm. how it came to the U.S. Just by like, oh, I wonder how that started. But that's a craft that I've learned through school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And sometimes I just wish that Maybe maybe we need that more at the lower levels of school, like that that teaching that ability. Mm-hmm. Um, because even with the the YouTube example that you're talking about, seeing that and going, mm, is that true? You're just asking that, mm-hmm. just asking that, forces you to go and find other sources other than the YouTube video. Yeah, it's not elitist. I think it's just like I, I, I said it when you were talking. It's frustrating that you're like. You wish that other people would look more into these things. We, you, depending on whatever you study, right? You you have a better knowledge of whatever it is. When you're when they're talking your wheelhouse of what you've spent a lot of time studying, it's frustrating to you because you're like, dude, no, yeah, like no, mm-hmm. you're wrong. Oh, that brings up another one. Okay, and, this, and I wish Donna was here for this because I was um, I was standing at. Uh, I was standing, I was 
cashiering. This was a while ago. Okay. And this guy comes up and he's like asking, he wants a little, he wants a license and Oregon asks when you're setting up the profile in their new database for their licensing system, um, when you became an Oregon resident, because they want to track when you're eligible for the pioneer license, which is a reduced cost license. You have to be 50 years old and have been in, or you have to be 65 and have been in Oregon for 50 years mm-hmm. in order to be eligible for like the $6 license. And, um, so I asked him, I go, Hey, when did you become an Oregon resident? And he goes, Oh, and he goes, Oh, I, he's like, he's like, well, since I was born here, but my family has been in Oregon, um, <laughs> since way before everybody else. And I was like, I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, he's like, yeah, I was like, Oh, uh, he's like, you want to guess when? I was like, well, I'm guessing, well, most people started, most settlers came over after the, 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 the area was ceded to the United States after the 18, um, after 1849. So I'm going to say like 1850s. No, before that, I was like, and they're American. And he goes, Oh, yep. Yep. Born and raised. I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking Americans were, I'm like, unless he was on John Jacob Astor's ship, right? Right. There was not many Americans in this, in this region Mm -hmm. that had settled that were allowed to even allowed to settle here prior Mm -hmm. to that. And I'm like, okay, so when? And he was like, he's like, he's like, guess. I'm thinking, okay. oh I'm like, gosh. I'm like, all right, well, I said 18, 1830s. And he goes, 1492. No, he goes, he goes, <laughs> he goes, nope, nope, nope. Eight, he's like, eight early, he's like, 1820s. And I was like, nope. Did you say that? <laughs> I was, no, I was thinking oh. that in my, in my mind. <laughs> and he, and I was like, I was like, oh, so where did they settle? And he's like, Willamette Valley. And I said, I go, that was like, that wasn't like that was native like that was native american land at that time and i said the only european settlers at that time were were people who were marrying into the calipuian <laughs> thank you donna for all of this knowledge i got to use it for once yeah and uh, i was like that was part of the calipuian um tribal like tribal network and the only the only um uh the only um european people of european ancestry who were settled there were part of like semi-nomadic um, family groups that married that when they retired, they were French Canadians who, when they retired from Hudson's Bay service, intermarried with the uh, with the local native population and formed and had and had families there. Mm-hmm. I go, there wasn't any Ameri- like there wasn't any Americans who had established like ho- like homesteads mm-hmm. in the Lama Valley at that time. You fool! And he goes, he goes, no, there wasn't any Native Americans in Willamette Valley at that time. <laughs> and I was like. Are you kidding me? Oh no! There was no Native Americans in the Willamette Valley in the 1820s. And he's like, no. And I was like, oh my dude, just, just stop, just stop, man. It's true, dude. Oh, he was God. told that. <laughs> elitist. I want to get back to elitist. I was thinking about this when you're talking. The reason that we sound elitist, the reason we're defending it, is because we studied history. There is a there is a stigma with that. Right. Like, it, it, I don't like saying, yeah, I have my bachelor's bachelor's degree in history because mm-hmm. it always elicits something from the person you're telling, whether it's judging because you what you, liberal arts degree did, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Or like, oh, let's talk about this. Did you know that there was no natives in the Willamette Valley? <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Like, it hurts you. You know what I mean? But I think the stigma is, like, why we defend it so much. Even even when we talk about applying for jobs. Like, listen, dude, I have far more skills than just having my degree in history. Mm-hmm. Like, that came with 
a bag of tricks that I've got. Yeah. You, you know, you, uh, you got a degree in something that I learned all I needed to know about in high school. Boom. There it is. That's why we defend it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we fight for it. Oh, boy. Yeah. And then you have the burden of actually knowing some things about about the Willamette Valley and Native Americans in the area. And then somebody says that and it just hurts your heart. You're like, no. I read it on a. I read it on a, um, a statue well, plaque. Oh, I gar- <laughs> dude! I guarantee you, all it is is like some, some regurgitation of his understanding of a family tale yep. that they yep. sit around and talk about at Thanksgiving. Yep, one hundred percent every single year. And he was just like he he misremembers his own family tale, which is based on a narrative that never existed. Mm-hmm. That just, but that's fact to him. Like that is good. Like. To that guy, I've got a book. That is a that is a minimum threshold. That is like he's cleared the minimum threshold for what is fact in his mind. Yep, and it's literally just whatever bullshit just flows from ear to ear within within the confines of his skull. And you're wrong. And I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You've literally read this book about it, and you're wrong. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying that reading one book makes no. me an expert by any means. That's why I wish Donna was here, right? Who is an expert? But I feel like I have a bit more understanding than what Grandpa told you. Well, and then, but then also within like, and not just the one book, right? When you when I, you're studying Hawaiians in the native in, in the in the Pacific Northwest fur trade, there were also you're going to run across the history of the region it constantly is reinforced in other things yes i read that john astor john jacob astor book Mm -hmm. and it talked about all of that yeah it's just like it's not just one source that you're getting this information from yeah it's constantly reinforced through other people's research Mm -hmm. fools fools you're all damn well especially since hawaiians uh, many times when they retired from the company ended ended up intermarrying with native with native americans Mm -hmm. because that was a um inter intermarriage was a big part of native of Northwest Native American culture because mm-hmm. it built it built cultural ties and right. connections um, for trade for for trading purposes in peace relations. But anyway, the Hawaiians intermarrying with the native population once they retired from from service in the Hudson's Bay Company and built homesteads here were then forced onto reservations yeah. or had to go back to the Hawaiian Islands when they, when when America when when this land was ceded to the United States. After the 1846. That's gross. After dude. the 1846 agreement. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much history there that like, if you just, if you just start with the, start with the, the, if you just start with the little nugget in your brain, there are <laughs> things that I don't know, but I want to find out and start there. Right. And that brings us full circle back to race relations currently in the United States is having that understanding of there are things that I do not know. That I want to find out mm-hmm. and start your journey at that point. And to each ever into each person, understanding that each person coming and then to the other side, the 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 this cancel cancel culture. Yes. Get um em. get them. <laughs> understand that everybody's path to in, to enlightenment, to mm-hmm. knowledge is an individual path that everybody has to go through on their own. And everybody's path is going to be different to get to that point. So have just a little bit of grace because everybody has a different starting point. 
different things in their lives that they have to overcome, different things that, that are ingrained at different levels about how they see the world. They're, everybody's worldview is different. Therefore, everybody's the changing of that worldview is going to be different. What's going to spark somebody to think of, to think something different is going to be different from individual to individual. So have a little bit of grace if someone if you can see that somebody is coming from the right place. And even if they are coming from the right place, you are far better off taking the high road than you are taking the low road. And if you nurture that that path of discovery, it's it means more. It, it, just like that person who came up with the idea to have stormtroopers regulate social distance. First, that person to come up with that idea, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. The moment you realize, for us, or for me at least, the moment you realize, oh, you actually don't know anything about this, but here you're learning that's that's exciting that's fun yeah and if you create this path to help nurture these people to learn things mm-hmm. um if you if i you know i had a conversation with this african guy who works at my work he he lived in africa until he was nine then moved to the united states he's somalian i think and uh he's just like you know i don't he's like i like to be a positive a positive um symbol for black men in America you know people have stigmas and ideas and I want to to counter those with like being a a good dude you know and like that's sad dude but he but that's what I'm talking about is he's nurturing this path of like people may have may have assumptions or ideas or or just uh discriminations against of black people but you meet a you meet someone who challenges the way you Mm -hmm. think without actually slapping you in the face and being like, you idiot. And then you have this moment of self-discovery like, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe everything I thought is wrong. Yeah. It's the same thing with, with, with gender class, um, sexual orientation, whatever it is. Yeah. If you nurture that path of self-discovery, it, 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 I think, I think you, you get more real change Mm -hmm. out of people. What do you think about this? I saw a meme the other day. It was like a well, it was like a screen grab of a of a tweet. Mm-hmm. You see those getting passed around. And one it said like, mm, "Dear white yeah. people, it's not on me to educate you about racism. That's on you." Mm-hmm. I what do you think about that? I don't I don't I don't Oh. I think it is on yeah. Ultimately, the burden falls on the individual mm-hmm. to learn more, yeah. right? It's it's not – I mean, how much do we have to put on these people? Like, now it's your responsibility yeah. to teach it's us. It's like we've oppressed – like, you've been <laughs> oppressed, systematically oppressed yeah. for so long, but now educate us. Right. And because you want us educated, it's on you to educate us. I, and I'm going to drop this here. A friend from college, Allie, mm-hmm. posted – you know, I uh, something along the lines of like, instead of burdening my African-American friends of explaining this to me yeah. or you, here's a list of books I've read that have helped me. Mm-hmm. There are books out there yeah. written by African-American authors, written by historians yeah. that literally lay out mm-hmm. these these things. And like, again, with the with the individual I was talking about, about, you know, rape and mm-hmm. in the 1960s and these horrible things you grow you you in in introduce that compassion to people mm-hmm. or the 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 horrendous things that happen and it gives people understanding so the burden yes i think is on the individuals to say i need to know more but guess what there are a billion resources out there to help you foster that growth sure but i also 
there also might be African Americans that are totally open to have that conversation. For sure. Totally help, open to have that conversation. So I think, I don't know, maybe this is, I don't know, maybe this is just me having white privilege. No, I know what you're but saying. But it's, it's maybe the better way of saying it then is to be like, <laughs> don't just assume that Af- every African American wants to have a conversation right, with you right, about race. Right. Ask them if that's appropriate and that's something that they want to yeah. talk about before you just be like, hey, like, how can I not be racist? Right. Just be like, hey, I would, you know, I have some questions. Is that something you're comfortable with asking? Right. And letting each individual then decide that, um, I know what you're saying. If they want, yeah. to, if that's something that they want to partake in, and and you see that all the time, even with the with the Blackout Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. There were so many things after Blackout Tuesday started, which was when everyone was posting black, just a black screen image on their Instagram, and there were there were multiple things I saw. Black Lives Matter didn't want the hashtag associated with it because it blacked out information, right? Mm-hmm. If you clicked on Black Lives Matter and you you went to the hashtag and it was just a bunch of black screens, you're not getting information out there. I got that argument. But then you saw other people like shaming people for it, right? And did I talk about this already? Maybe I talked about it. We talked about this last week. A little did bit. we? Yeah. Oh, but I'm I'm just saying like, I'll skip that then. <laughs> Never mind. But I'm just saying, like, the information is out there, and I and 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 when you when you shame somebody for you know showing solidarity, like there were a bunch of people who who just jumped on board who didn't know what it meant. But mm-hmm. you, like you said, I think yeah. last week it was just like this is me just trying to show, like I I'm with you, like I got you, like I'm 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 here, mm-hmm. I'm an ally, I'm a supporter. You know what I mean? Um, but then there were those who kind of crapped on other people for doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I think you're right in saying that. That, you know, it's a generalization, but it's somebody's tweet. We can't take it for gospel, you know what I mean? But those things do get spread around, and these ideas are shared, which are great, which are great. Um, But not everybody feels like that. Mm -hmm. Not everybody feels like that. And I'm sure there are, um, I'm sure there are plenty of, you know, friends of mine that would be willing to have those conversations with me and and not be like, it's on you to do this. And if I ask them, I'm sure they would much prefer me to ask them than to be afraid to ask them. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not going to go on my rant today. <laughs> okay. But what I will say is the end doesn't always justify the means. Okay. That's all I'll say. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll get into it next week. You and I had a whole conversation about it. Okay. Facebook group. Oh. <laughs> Smelling your you own sure, parts. You sure you don't want to go into that? No. Okay. Uh, but we can. Uh, okay, I'm going to. All right, let's do it. Okay. The reason I mean say that is because I was I was invited to a Facebook group um, by an acquaintance. Um, it was a group that was designed to organize protesters for. Um, Everything that's been happening, mm-hmm. local protesting in Vancouver, Washington. Um, I'm still working. I'm not at home. Uh, trust me, I would love to be out there and protest. And for those who are and and are being a voice and and standing up for what they believe in, I I cherish and I value what you're doing out there. My Clay and Taryn mm-hmm. have been out in Seattle almost every day doing it. And I text Clay yesterday, and I'm like, I'm proud of you, dude. Like, that's awesome. Thank you for being that voice. And he's like, I can't just be quiet. And that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, so I, I commend both of you 
You guys are awesome. And I want you to know that, you know, you're making me proud for sure. Um, but I get invited to this group. And with these groups, you see a lot of what we've kind of been talking about today. Yeah. The shaming of mm -hmm. shaming people into doing things the right way. Yeah. Which doesn't work. I don't think it works. But anyways, apparently, I don't know how much I want to get into this. <laughs> apparently, at one of the protests, you know, this woman shows up and she starts brandishing a gun and like showing it. And I, I somebody took a picture of her and she's got the gun and she's waving an American flag. Obviously, this woman is here to be a provocateur. Mm -hmm. She's here to be a troll. Yeah. She's here to to instigate. Right. Apparently, she was, like, pointing the gun at them and, like, cocking it and stuff. And this is all hearsay, right? This is what people are saying in the comments of, of all of this. Um, kind of a scumbag move for that person to do that, I think. Um, well, it's an illegal move. Right. Yeah. Either way, it's your scumbag. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't give in to trolls so easily. So, to me, I just, like, I call the cops, come take care of it. And then continue on with my day. Mm -hmm. This person was arrested and taken away. And their car was towed. Like this, it was taken care of, right? So in this group of protesters, somebody posts her license plate and was like, I should get this accurate. What did they say? Something like, let's get all of her information and share it mm -hmm. or something along yeah, no, those that's lines. That's exactly what was said. And I, and I read that and I'm like, hold on here. So this is a peaceful protest group, but we're advocating for doxing people and doxing. I'll get the definition up. So I don't butcher <laughs> it um, because a lot of people don't know what this is. And I, even I couldn't remember the word. I knew I could count on you though. Um, search for and publish private or identifying information about a particular individual on the internet, typically with malicious intent. Okay. Yeah. So I just, I see these people talking about posting this woman's information. And so I just, I just wanted to know, are we advocating for doxing here? Like, is that what we're doing with the idea and the notion that, it's for malicious intent, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Otherwise, why would you be posting? Yes. yes. So I ask, is this what we're doing here? And dude, it, you would have thought like I kicked a child in the face, dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I just poked the beehive and just let it happen. They all just started freaking out on me like, well, this isn't really doxing and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, then what is the intent of posting this and saying Let's share all of her information. Never got an answer. No. Instead, everyone just crapped on me and said that I was a troll. We're going to ignore you and blah, blah, blah. And don't attack me personally. And I literally had to say, I am not attacking you personally. Please explain to me the intent of asking for sharing her information. The people who need to know her information have her information because they were the police who arrested her. Mm -hmm. So what is the point? So then they're like, well, don't we want to know who she is if she shows up at an event later? Well, her picture's above, dude. We see her face. If she shows up, we know. Just because you know her name is Jake Jokum doesn't mean that you're going to be like, oh, there she is. I know it because her name's Jake. Whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Anyway, so they all start crapping on me. <laughs> yeah. And like people were like literally like, oh, oh, just like commenting on my most recent comment to the point where I had to say, read the rest of the feed for context, please. I just started saying that. Read the rest for context, please. And then finally, is anybody to answer me? What is the intent of sharing this woman's information? Never got an answer. How late did that go? I don't know. Eventually, I left the group. Really? <laughs> but I still get like updates of people commenting on it. But like people literally thought I was attacking them personally. I said nothing personal to them. No, I saw most of your replies. Yeah. There wasn't anything personal. The only the only trollish thing I said was like someone was like how because the woman threatened to come back the next day and she was like how would you feel if you had a family event and this person came brandished their gun in the manner that she did and then when she left she's like i'll be back tomorrow and i was like listen if she got arrested and nobody got hurt and everything was fine i wouldn't be that bothered by it but also it would be weird to have the same family event in the same location the next day mm-hmm. and that was me i was trolling a little bit but yeah. It's just like I'm trying to like hold a mirror to their nose like guys uh, I don't I don't view doxing as a peaceful thing. Mm-hmm. Now, if this is uh, I, I don't know, I don't even know if there's ever an okay time to do it. I mean, I guess if nobody knows who he is, this person is and they're uh, they commit a crime and get away with it, mm-hmm. let's let's try to I mean the internet is a scary place, dude. Mm-hmm. They can find out anything about anybody instantly. Uh, there's been so many times where people were like, who's this criminal? You open the comments and people were like, here's their name, here's their address, here's their phone number. And I'm like, oh my God. Like people people are it's scary. The internet is scary. <laughs> but that's why I worry about like if uh, you're advocating for a peaceful protest and you want to do right. And, and my problem is, is do the ends justify the means? So if their intent, if their intent, because I don't know their intent because nobody would tell me if their intent is malicious, are your, is the means justified by what you're doing it for? That's my question with this whole thing. And that's my rant Mm -hmm. is like, is doxing okay because you guys are out here protesting for equality, equal rights, and against racism? All those things are important, right? But is if you're going to attack this person personally in their home and with their address or whatever it is, is that all excused because of the, the end? Mm-hmm. No, and I think... Um... I think uh, part of that is is like, do you not? You obviously, to some level, don't trust the. You don't. You don't trust the the system to. I mean, I think le- there's a lot to, of that going around. Well, but to levy the levy inappropriate punishment for what mm-hmm. she did, like if she's she's obviously was arrested. Mm-hmm. You as an individual, then do you feel like you have then? Do you feel like in that right in that sense that you have the ability to levy further? just further punishment against this person than what than what this the state which is a rep like which laws and everything are determined by a representative body and a representative government right. that 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 the that the punishment that is that is deemed appropriate for that action isn't isn't enough therefore you have i don't know the ego or because you think you have the moral high ground in this in this particular position that you ha- then have the authority then to levy further punishment against this person like i don't i don't 
I feel like that's a that's a danger. I feel like that is a potentially dangerous mindset for sure to have. Um, and it's and it's an authority. I think it, it it stems from an authoritative mindset. Well, what what you see follow a lot of times is let's find out who this person is. Where do they work? Don't support that business. Don't support businesses who support this person. And then it just it's that cancel culture. Mm-hmm. And that's I think a lot of times the intent of doxing, right? Yeah. And in this group, I just wanted the answer. And why can't you give me the answer then? Yeah. If it's if it's simply just to identify someone, if that's your intent, is it? Well, it's not. I mean, everything <laughs> they said was was in complete contradiction to mm-hmm. them just doing it for protective purposes. Right. Because the protective purpose was already met. They got the information to the right people who made the arrest and neutralized that threat. Right. And me questioning it, now now I'm a troll. But also, I don't believe in the cause. Like, because you don't check all the boxes. How man. far does that you go? You have to go along with it. That's, this is the problem with revolutions, mm-hmm. with these big grassroots movements predicated primarily on raw emotions. Mm-hmm. Although they are, they are an effective tool for forcing change, good change, as we're seeing, yeah. there's also a negative side. There's an equal and opposite reaction to everything. And you have to be careful when you're talking about the stuff, when, especially when it's driven by such emotion that you're talking about, if you don't go along with every single new whim, everything that comes, everything that now comes out that's now associated with the black, like that could be loosely tied with the Black Lives Matter movement, then just gets picked up on social media and it starts rolling. And if you aren't prepared to get 100% on with that, on that bus and every flag that they decided to put and wave with it, you're not, then you're off the bus. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it, I'm starting to see, you're starting to see that mm-hmm. what started as a great movement is now starting to be co-opted and used to shame as a tool to manipulate behavior of others to, for purposes or for reasons that are separate than mm-hmm. what the original core issue was. Right. And this this is not unique to this. No, nope. this is not unique to anything. This is this is something that happens in all movements. You saw it happen with the Tea Party. Yeah, that's how Trump became became an office. This is the culmination of something that started at at the election of Barack Obama as a as as the U.S. as the what forty forty fourth U.S. president. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting you say that because that's another note I have. Real quick is like everybody now pledging to vote for Biden. Not everybody, but a lot of people mm-hmm. pledging to vote for Biden. Which is, I don't know, they're not supporting Trump in this election. You have Colin Powell. You have, you know, letters from George Bush. You have letters from General Mattis. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. One thing I was talking to CJ about a little bit was um, we see we see more people. I see more and more people on these protests. Right. Amazing. Incredible imagery. Incredible imagery of of. Thousands of people in in various cities just out there supporting this movement, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Which is great. I love seeing it. Um, But I also am considering a little bit. I know that this – I don't want this to come off wrong, and I don't mean this – I don't mean this wrong. There's no malintent here. (laughs) Um, But I consider, like, we're in COVID. We're in lockdown. People are working from home, and people are unemployed. Is that playing into the demonstrations more? I'm not saying it is. I'm just, that's something I'm like, oh, I'm wondering if that is a factor in all of this. Mm-hmm. That's just something I'm considering, right? This slowly, this this consideration of if, if this is affecting this or if this is a correlation, right? I then start thinking about voting. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So if this lockdown, if this unemployment, if this work from home continues till November, I, I hope, I hope that if there is a correlation, that same correlation goes into voting. We see all these tens of thousands of people out there demonstrating. And I hope that if there's a correlation of time and the av- availability of it, mm-hmm. I hope that also transcends in the participation of voting. Well, there was a, a primary primary voting in Georgia yeah. and there was lines just forever people waiting in line to go vote. So I think that there is um, anecdotal evidence right. to support your claim, right. at least right now, because right. we don't, there's, we don't, the national, we won't know until November, but there seems to be anecdotal evidence that does support right. that notion. If I was sitting at home, not working, mm-hmm. and there's a peaceful protest in my city right there. That that would be something I'd be interested in in, in participating in, right? Mm-hmm. I've got time. Why not go stand up for what I believe in? Yeah, that's how I think, and that seems int- that's something I want to do. In the same sense, if you've got time, you got to vote, dude. Yeah, and at the same time, I think what's really important, like the anecdote, I think the anecdote to what I was talking about, um, for if you're if you're a grassroots grassroots movement um, pushing a particular cause is, and I think this is what happened. Really quickly with the with Bernie Sanders, and we talked about definition. We talk about definitions a lot on this and the importance of them. Mm-hmm. And when you start throwing out terms um, like democratic socialism, or in this case, defund the police, you yeah. need to define that, or that becomes defined by other people. I've been saying that to some. I talked. I had a conversation about this yesterday. What does defund the police mean? Are we getting rid of the police? Right. Are we? Are we lessening the amount of money that can be used on less than lethal or lethal weaponry? Right. What does it mean? Because you're, it has not been defined, and this is the other issue when you have a de- completely decentralized movement like this, is that you end up getting a million different definitions and nobody really... there's Because there's no centralized authority, there's no centralized leadership within this broader movement, what... Where's your where now? Once the emotion wears away and you still want this goal to be accomplished, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, because you're going to be butting up against. Right now, you're you're but you're starting now. You're all the emotion is start. The emotion's still raw and it's still going, but eventually it's that's going to wane, and you're going to be faced with how do we actually institute institutional really institute mm-hmm. fundamental change within the government structure because that government structure is not going away. Right. And if you don't have definite, you don't have defined terms, and you don't have a centralized message, you're gonna have a really hard time actually doing anything. Right. So not only for yourself, but to keep like, for in to, in terms of like an institutional um in, institutional context, but also just to make sure that you're not going to be co opted by either your opponents saying you're saying defund the police and then they're coming up with their own definitions to their viewers about what that means yes or to people who are using to hoping to like populists who are hoping to then piggyback onto your bandwagon then they start to use your terms in a way that you didn't mean your terms to mean that is also dangerous you could easily find that slipping from your grasp like whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. that's not what i meant that's not what i meant yeah you got to find out what you mean mm-hmm. you got to define it yeah that was beautifully put, Jake. I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.